everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Gaming Moguls Podcast, the only podcast that shamelessly rips off polls from Board Game Geeks forums every time we can't come up with a topic. I'm your host for this evening, Mark Teske, along with my co-host, Jake Kloppenstein. Jake, how you doing tonight? Always wonderful, man. Looking forward to another uh, listicle, an article list. <laughs> we are become the buzzfeed of the board game community, and we're, we're happy to take that mantle. It is. Hey, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you're going to be a low effort podcast, you should have low effort topics. And uh, having said that, we had a surprising amount of effort trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do with this one. So I think it's going to yeah. turn out great. Yeah, we, we have a bunch of games we can talk about, too, that we've played, but be fun to kind of go through and do some. Uh, I don't know. We, there, a reoccurring topic that we've been having and talking about for the last while is uh, our connection to the hobby. And I think it's always interesting to reference the top 100 every once in a while, just kind of as a where it's at and where you're at kind of thing. And so that's what we kind of thought we'd do today. What got me thinking is I I read an article where people were talking about the top 100 games in Board Game Geek and and why haven't they played them? Like what part of this has have you somehow avoided? Because these are like the 100 most popular, best known games. And somebody like your your local neighborhood gaming moguls who have been around the block a time or six should have played all these games by now, right, Jake? We should have played all these games. I don't know. I mean, I think we could probably talk for an hour on the term should, but... (laughs) Yeah, we have not. There is a high likelihood of us playing these games as the number gets higher, generally. For sure. But even having said that, man, I'm surprised at how many, how high up I haven't somehow bumped into. And so I thought it would be fun for us to go through the top 100, run it down from 100 back to 1, and then talk about the games that we haven't played and dive into maybe why we haven't played them. And is it something we'd be interested in playing? Why would it be not? Or whatever. We're just going to riff on each one. Now, having said that, as we hit each one, if it's a game we have played, we're just going to say played and move on. So we're only going to talk about the stuff that one or both of us haven't played before. Yes, sir. That in mind... Let's kick this baby off with number 100 in Board Game Geek, Trajan. Jake, I've played Trajan before. Have you? I have not. I have not. Came out in 2011, so it's kind of not a time I was playing a lot of games, so it makes sense that I haven't played it. True. This was the game that really kicked off the whole Rondell thing. It's a Steffenfeld game, so, mm-hmm. you know, theme-wise, drier than dirt. It's, it's you know, the ultimate Euro with a pretty cool rondelle. I've only played it once. So I got my butt handed to me, but it's a pretty good game. And honestly, I think you'd enjoy this one, Jake. I may have honestly played it. I think Phil brought it and I've either, I've either looked at it set up or I've played it. Um, there was a time in my life I didn't re- record every play. So there may sure. be a handful of games that I'm not 100% sure on. And this is probably regrettably one of those. But whew. Ugly? Like this one, this one yeah. is not going to draw you in by a theme beige. and or. <laughs> Ultimately beige. Okay. Big number beige one, energy. Number 100, Trajan. Number 99, Decrypto. You've also played this one and I have not. I've tried. This is not for lack of trying, Jake. To get me to play it or that? I, I mentioned it a couple of times. Like I think. I, uh, I may have played with Kirk too at a Christmas. I don't know why. The, the two that I'm confused about are right now. <laughs> sure. Um, so Decrypto is, it, it's a word game, you know, yep. it, I, I've heard it described as code names that doesn't hurt your brain, you know, code names that isn't ho- homework. And I think that's probably a pretty apt description. The idea is that everybody, you're trying to pass a message to your teammates without the other team intercepting. And by process of deduction on clever word choices, over time, you try to pick out which code pattern you're actually sending and hmm. infinitely more fun than playing code names. Interesting. We played Codenames at my work thing this past fall. No, I was actually honestly pretty excited with it. I'd kind of written the game off 
Um, but it kind of reawakened my um, love for word games. So this might be one to try, but I don't know. The whole thing about this game is even if it is that much different than co- code names, is it worth trying and buying? And it probably oh, is worth trying. It's probably not worth buying. 100% worth that. Like, I, I have no desire to ever play code names again after playing Decrypto. It's so much more fun, whereas hmm. code names is a very heads down, head scratching activity. You know, this one's kind of a little more heads up, laughing and socializing. Hmm. And that alone okay. makes it worth the trouble. Okay. That's number 99, Decrypto. 98, Jake. I don't think you've played this one either. I haven't. Tigris and Euphrates, I think is how it's pronounced, of course. No, Tigris and Euphrates. Um, the classic by your boy. Dr. Ryder Kinesia. Yes, correct. Name escaped me there. There's been a million versions of this. I've just never played. You dislike this one, like, n- notoriously, right? I have the weirdest it's complicated relationship with this game. Like, I think it's a masterpiece. So all the people that are going to be hating at me for hating this game, you know, back off. I'm agreeing with you. It's a masterpiece of a game. This is as dry as the desert it's portraying. It's dudes on the map. It's super confrontational. It's super swingy and super flippy. It's all the crap I hate in a game. Hmm. But having said that, it's a genius game. It's really, really good. But you got to be down for a very swingy dudes on a map, nasty, mean, very dry, very abstract game. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'd like to try it from like an academic standpoint. But my tolerance or the pile of games that I'd like to try for an academic standpoint are getting bigger and bigger. And uh, my time for them is getting smaller and smaller. So I think the odds of me ever playing Tigris and Euphrates, knowing that you dislike it so much, is pretty much trending towards zero. Yeah. Like, we have a lot of friends that really enjoy this game. So I think, you you know, you may have opportunity to try at some point. Yeah, but, totally. But this should never involve Kirk. This would drive Kirk to suicide. Yeah, it's, it's like the anti-Euro. But No, he would, I can't imagine a game he would hate more than this. Quick little side note. Do you re- recall how many games of the top 100 you've played? It was a uh, 65-ish, 65 to 70. I don't remember the exact number. I'm in the same boat of that number. I remember I was more than you, though, because I was surprised you that I yep. played more games than you. Yep, but you definitely have covered more of, the li- more of the list than I have. There's this but... middle area that we'll get to in a moment, and I think I've covered you there. So we probably should have done that at the beginning. But anywho, that's a fun little intermission before we uh, <laughs> move to Isles of Cats, the uh, 2019 <laughs> classic. Okay, this is one that I know we neither of us have ever played before. And I, I had to look this one up on Board Game Geek, Jake. The cover text on it is it's competitive medium weight card drafting polyomino cat placement board game for one to four players. That's about cats. Yeah, that's like the most midweight Euro-y sounding game ever. I don't see you liking this, Jake, because you kind of like polyominoed out on no, Feast, of, Feast for Odin. I'm not polyominoed out. I like polyominoes if it's the only game. Like ah, the only mechanism okay. in the game. I don't like it in Feast for Odin because I'm like, fuck, I should spend time optimizing this stupid little thing when everyone's waiting on me and I'm going to make this game that should be three hours into four hour game. That's my thing. It's it's not that I dislike the mechanism. I don't like the mechanism in that game specifically. But okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, it made it up to number 97 overall in Board Game Geek. So obviously lots and lots of people like this one. And, you know, I think that my family would probably really enjoy it like like i can see my daughter absolutely loving this yeah, game and dominating cute. at it because she's super spatial yeah think patchwork but with cats on boats absolutely we'll see i, I don't know i'm wondering if this will be the most we should we should give awards out at the end of this of the games that we're like most on and i feel like that one's the most evidence of games that i'm not really loving right now midweight euro recently released 
kind of cutesy theme, but maybe not all that much in it. But people like it. I could be absolutely wrong. We're, we're going to do this on the fly. I'm going to put together my three flash and my three trash. So like three that I really would like to try and three that you couldn't pay me to try. Okay, that seems fair. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for those. So uh, it's 97, Isle of Cats. Number 96, it's a train game, Jake. We've played all train games, right? Not Including Russian one. Railroads? Not this one. You, have, you haven't played it, right? But it is by Helmut Oli and uh, Lonnie Orgler. Right, right. The double O team that does a lot of my favorite 18xxs. So in Russian Railroads, players compete in an exciting rate to race to build the largest and most advanced railway network. In order to do so, you must appoint your workers to do various important tasks. I think I've heard this game is like kind of pretty, pretty tight and pretty mean. Yeah. 90 to 120. That's not very long. 341 on BGG's ranking for weight. That's not super heavy either. This might be one that we should probably look out to try, but on the um, market page, it looks like the only copy that's available is like $200. Yeah. So uh, that maybe explains why we haven't played this game. No, but I, I still surprised. I bet Brent owns a copy of this. Brent owns everything. He owns everything, yeah. But he owns it today and sells it tomorrow, so we'll see. (laughs) Hey, Brent, you got a copy of Russian Railroads? We might be interested. Absolutely. So that's 2013's Russian Roads. We haven't played it. Um, Speaking of polynomials, I can't say that word. It's one of the two. It's not polynomials. It's polyominals. Polyominoes. Um, Polyominoes, thank you. Patchwork from 2014. Uve played it. Played it. Number 94, Lorenzo Magnifico. We both played it. Um, Rising Sun 2018. I have played it. Did you ever play it? Regrettably twice. Really? I only played it once. Interesting. (laughs) Raiders of the North Sea. We've talked about that game a million times. I've played it. You have also played it. Eldritch Horror number 91, the 2013 game from Fantasy Flight Games. Have you played it? I have not played it. I've played the first one. Arkham Horror. Arkham Arkham Horror. Horror. I've played Arkham Horror one time. Uh, that was enough to make me know that I probably don't need to play Eldritch Horror. Interesting. I've seen it set up. Um, maybe I only seen Arkham Horror set up, but this was a genre of games that the game group was really interested in before you kind of joined. Sure. For whatever reason. It's like that kind of co-op-y, pretty themey, kind of fun games that were doing pretty okay, like 2013, 2014, 2015. Ameritrash co-op? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And this was one of them. And they're not of the pandemic. This one might be pandemic varietal, but... I have zero interest buying this game, but if somebody really wanted to play it in the friend group, I would say, that's fine. Let's try it out. This is the fixed version of Arkham Horror, right? Like Arkham Horror yeah. is straight up broken, whereas this one's actually a game. I don't is know that, if it's broken, is that right? but I think it's more expansive. The first one, the Arkham Horror, but I don't know. Sure. Who knows? This should, We should have really named this podcast upsetting random communities that we have no <laughs> no no issues with. Because we're just going to fire from the hip on everything. You're getting the gaming moguls raw tonight. So that's going to be kind of fun. Like we have not prepared this episode at all. So these are all absolutely gut reactions, good, bad, or otherwise. And we're we're leaving it all in. So let's do it. Unfiltered moguls. Number 90, Mombasa. Played it. Played it a bunch. Love it. 89, Dominion Intrigue. Yeah, we've played this. I've not, I don't think I've played Intrigue. I've played base in, I've played Dominion like one or two times. So Dominion Intrigue was the expansion that could be a base. Ah, okay. I've definitely not played that. Under this, I would say it's the same thing. It's not that different. Like it's just a different kind of card pool, but it, it really, you, you've played both. There's nothing new here. My general take on Dominion is fine game. Somebody wanted to play it. I'd certainly give it a whirl, but I feel like it's all been done better in other games. Maybe. 
I don't think it's been done better. It's just I'm not interested in playing just a straight deck builder. Yep. Yep. That's maybe what I'm trying to say. Yep. Number 88, Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth 2019. I know absolutely nothing about this game. Less than nothing. This is the modified version of um, like their whole Descent series, right? Okay. But Lord of the Rings, I believe. There's uh, looking at the pictures of it. It's grids of stuff and big minis and kind of all that stuff that makes your gaming moguls yep. go whoop. <laughs> Embark your, on your own adventure of J.R.R. Tolkien's iconic world with the Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth, a fully cooperative app-supported board game for one to five players. Why are you shouting? You'll battle vicious foes, make courageous choices, and strike a blow against the evil that threatens the land. All as part of a thrilling campaign that leads you across the storied hills and dales of Middle Earth. Yeah, that's that's totally Descent slash Star Wars. What was that one called? Star Wars. God, there's so much Star Wars IP. It's hard to even remember which one it was. I, I don't know. It's Star Wars Descent. They're all Descenty. Plus a little, uh, what is that, Ma- Mansions of Madness or whatever with the app-driven thing? Yeah. Perhaps, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Okay. I mean, and, I, mean and I like these in theory, but I just, we, why would we play this on a Wednesday? It's a new group every single time. I don't care about Lord of the Rings that much. I was going to say, you're not a fan of the Lord of the Rings IP, correct? I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's fine, but it doesn't like hold like it's not the best you know i don't shout grand 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 all the time like the rest of the community but <laughs> i read the books and i enjoy them it was fine but i don't it's not like my personality yeah sure well hey i just heard this week for uh, two billion dollars jake you could acquire the film rights to lord of the rings so oh my god look at we, me. we could we could put our uh, mogul sponsor money together and buy the film rights with a cheeseburger left over oh that'd be sweet that'd be awesome be billionaires uh okay number 87 twa yeah played, played. Yeah, number 80, 80, number 86, Twilight Imperium, third edition. Have not played it. Have not played any Twilight Imperium. I might say this is one of the few games I'd like to play. Just as a, this is probably number top five games that from an academic standpoint that I'd like to try. Yep. Uh, It involves such a, such a spot, you know, just the grandness, just the epicness of it. I'd like to do it once just to say I did. Yeah, completely agree. Moving on to the next one, number 85 is Battlestar Galactica, the board game. I have played this game. I have played this game as well. Interesting. I would have assumed you hadn't played it. A long time ago. One one time a long time ago. I had no idea what was going on. I don't think I was the Cylon. I may have been the Cylon. I may have been like wave two Cylon. (laughs) It's fine. This is that same category of game that people really liked before you joined the board game group. And we just kind of don't play anymore and I think it's for the better. I don't love these kind of games. I'll play them. But like, I don't know. It's just I'm going to go on a rant here because we're doing the whole moguls uncut. You're sitting at a table with friends in a thing. And I know my imagination is not that amazing, but to me, it makes no difference if I'm moving like little cubes around or if I'm pretending to be something like I I don't feel like a Cylon if I'm playing that game. You know, I'm still Jake sitting at a table. The presentation helps me like feel like I can enjoy it and look at the art and stuff. But I just don't understand theme as like a thematic thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I had a similar experience to you, whereas I kind of sat there for about three hours playing this thing, not really knowing what I was doing, and then it was done. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay thanks. Thank you for that. Have not seen it since. Number 84 is Kalis. Have you played Kalis? I have not. Have you played Kalis 1303 or Kalis Magna Carta? Strike two. Really? Because John bought it, and I don't know if I've played it or not. I don't think so. But it was played near me once, and it looked interesting. This is one of those Euro games that's existed for forever, 
and it was really hard to get a copy of for a while and then they reprinted it and i don't remember if you can play the old edition in the new printing but you might be interested in this game to be honest i think maybe see if john comes and he brings it i think you might like it super super euroy looks yeah. like super euroy I see but lots it, of wooden wooden huts and mm-hmm. cubes and yeah yep very good um Seems like one i'd like speaking of classic heroes we got el grande at 83 have you played this one I, I haven't, and is this like an amazing classic game that, you know, it's from 1995 that I should have played and thought was amazing and have never played? I don't know. It's got a weight of three, so it's kind of, it's a little higher than I thought it was. have played this game, I believe. It looks really similar to a lot of Euro games, but I'm like so, I'm pretty sure I've played it. It was like pretty simple. I, I feel the same way as you. It's like, I'd like to play it. It's an old classic Euro. It's existed for this long for a reason, but I don't know. It's just a pile of game on a lot of games, you know? I'm sure somebody around us owns it that I don't know, but I've never I've never seen anybody pull this out. Nobody's ever said, hey, let's play El Grande. Totally. 82 Architects of the West Kingdom played this game. I think played it's it. actually pretty good. And then Keyflower bringing up the 80s at uh, 81, which we both played a bunch. Right on. Number 80, Tainted Grail, The Fall of Avalon. I haven't you know, Jake, heard of this game. You could say this was number 4,672 and I'd go, okay. <laughs> I've like, never... If Ever you would have an AI generate a game, I think that that'd be a tainted grail, <laughs> the fall of Avalon. Clicking on the thing, it's an unforgettable solo or cooperative adventure experience for one to four players, blending Arthurian legends and Celtic mythologies with unique vision. Um, it allows you to impact the game world in a deep and meaningful way. A deep branching storyline allows you to tackle problems in different ways, ensuring no two games play alike. That's an italics mark. That's how you know it's serious. Difficult decisions. I've seen um, lots of giant sculpted minis, too. Yeah, difficult decisions or herring choices way behind every corner and seemingly minor tasks may reverberate major long-term consequences. Is this like supposed to be like a death game? What's that death game? All, Kingdom all, Death Monster? Kingdom Death Monster. I was going to say like Dark Souls, mm, but... Could be. Yeah, I... Whatever, man. This is like the stuff that I'm the least interested in the hobby. Just a bunch of Kickstarter stuff, a bunch of minis for reasons, I guess. This big co-op thing just play gloomhaven man jake is this confirmation bias the board game maybe i mean i'd have to play it maybe it's the best game in the world and it's just absolutely amazing <laughs> and n- community number three thousand that we've insulted on this list will send us a big email oh, that we should play this sorry if everybody got it it may be amazing but this is so not the type of game i'm interested in playing yes sir all right uh number 79 that would be grand austria hotel played it like played it. it love it yep 78 dominant species played it played it don't like it (laughs) don't own it anymore uh insulting everybody today number 77 lords of waterdeep played it played it it's fine 76 agricola revised edition so this is silly because regular agricola is on here too but yeah we've obviously played this one yeah uh so to be fair i've never played the revised edition (laughs) oh really i think i technically own the revised edition so no because mine's five player that's no i own the old one yeah i own the og agricola so uh, haven't played the revised edition, so I guess technically that counts as a strike. I don't know. That just more seems like BGG being silly, but whatever. Yep. It's the top 98 because yeah. there might be a couple others. Number 75 is Pandemic Legacy Season 0. I played Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and it was one of my favorite board game experiences. And I have had zero interest playing Season 0 or Season 2. Yep. Um, I am. I made it through March on Season 1 <laughs> and it's been sitting in the closet ever since then because my f- kids decided they had no interest in ever playing it again. And I got really sick of the pandemic mechanism. So 
if I didn't finish season one, which supposedly is like the most epic thing ever, I'm sure not playing season zero. Yeah, no thanks. Um, 74, Seven Wonders. We've both played it a bunch. Played it. Um, Five Tribes. I've played your copy. Played it. Yep. The Voyages of Marco Polo. This is one that's been on my radar, but I've never played it. So the thing that sticks in mind about this, like I think this just got a, did this just get a new edition or a new retheming or new reprinting or something? I think it did. And I also, like, there's apparently like some starting powers where that are just ridiculously broken, but they're all ridiculously broken. Am I thinking about the right game? There's Marco Polo 2. Okay. In the service of the con. They they had a a sequel to the board game of Marco Polo. Amazing. Yeah. And like I said, the the thing that sticks with me is there's like asynchronous powers that are all stupidly broken, but they're all stupidly broken. So things kind of ramp quickly. Yeah, it's done by some of the Italians, Simone Luciani and Danelle Cassini, which we do like them as designers a lot. So yeah. maybe we should try it. I, I, I don't know. A hundred percent. I would play this a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to seek it, but I would definitely play it. Yep. No, that's that would be on my list of ones I'd like to try. Right. Number 71 is Teotihuacan City of the Gods. We played that one a bunch. Yes, sir. By the same designer, Danielle Dashini. Number 70 is one that I have not played. Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island from 2012. I have. It's so, so it's not something you're interested in. It's like a co-op no. game where you have to like go out and forage and there's like tiles and you flip over. It's cool. It's got cool mechanisms, but like whatever, man. It's not, it's not the kind of games we love. It's not a happy game either, is it right? I mean, it's like. No, I mean, it's comical how like silly it is that sometimes, you know, like you get attacked by a tiger and stuff. That's kind of fun. I mean, there's community people that freaking love this game. I mean, I think it got re-implemented as the first Martians or whatever, but um, that yeah, game was yep. not released or received as well as Robinson Crusoe is, judging by its placement on the list. So Number 69, Clank, a deck building adventure. I played this game a bunch. I have played it. Number 68, Fields of Arl. Definitely played it. That's a new Rosenberg title. Played it with 2014. you. Played it. Uh, number 67, a game featured prominently on your top 20 list, which I've only played the app version, but we'll count it. Race for the Galaxy. Count as a play. Uh, 66, a game that I own and have played a bunch of times. Paladins of the West Kingdom. I know you've played that one as well. Played it with you. This is the game that I've always seen, and I don't know anything about it, but it's always been on the Board Game Geek Top 100 list, and I just don't know. This is Aeon's End by Kevin Riley, published in 2016. Aeon's End? Aeon's End. We'll go with Aeon's Aeon's End. Um, I think it's like a deck builder where you're like trying to take down these like waves of like monsters. The survivors of a long-ago invasion have taken refuge in the forgotten underground city of Gravehold. There, the desperate remnants of societies have learned that the energy of the very breaches the beings used to attack them can be repurposed through various gems, transforming the maligned energies with beneficial spells and weapons to aid their last line of defense. The Breach Mages. That is so much jargon. Like, what, dude? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like a deck builder where you're, like, attacking the waves and, like, you have special abilities and, like, you can build your little deck better and... I don't know. People like that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, interested in playing it, but people like it. I don't I don't know that I'm super interested in playing deck builders right now, but it might be fine. I would rather play this than many other the games that I have not played on here. Right. I have a small little baby deck builder that's kind of similar to this um, done by Fantasy Flight. And the name escapes me right now. But that's probably the only one I'd actually like to do where it's it's just so fast. I don't want to bite into some big Kickstarter monstrosity with all these mechanisms, you know? Right, for sure. Number uh, 64 is Android Netrunner. Um, I've played that a bunch. Done by Andrew Garfield, his best uh, collecting card game. I have actually played this one. You you fired it up for us one night, and I gave it yes. a whirl. 
Yes, certainly did. Um, 63, Through the Ages, a story of civilization. Have played it. I don't know if I've played it with you, though. Uh, you have not, because I have never played this. I've, I've played the app on, like, the new version Did you play it at MogulsCon? No, I did not. I was supposed oh, to. Oh, that and... was our friend from Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then it's it's good. I think you'd like it. It's uh, really yeah. heavy. It's got a lot of cool things going on. I know you've played the mechanism, the map apps, so you know how kind of it works, but it's just one of those games that just doesn't thrive with our friend group just because we're always having new people come in and it's cool. I'd always play this game, but the amount of juice just isn't necessarily worth the squeeze in our current situation. Yeah, I think it's one you really have to learn well and really yes. understand. Yeah, I mean, and it's worth <laughs> it if you do that, but we're just not that kind of friend group, which is a bummer, but part of life. Friend of the podcast and, well, everybody knows him, Sweater Mike. This is like his favorite game ever. Yeah, I think he played it at MogulsCon. That's how, that's how I remember. Yes, it. he did. Yes, he did. Number 62, we played a bunch, Crokinole, um, curling, but on a table, kind of. Yep. And then Eclipse, the 2011 version, we have both played it a bunch. Number 60, again, uh, one that was on my top 20, Azul, 2017. We've played this a ton. Love it. 59, Lisboa from 2017. We have both played it. 58, Quacks of Quedlinburg. Played it. Yep. 57, The Gallerist. Boy, this is like the Lacerda decade, isn't it? I know. Weird. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of games you like. This is, you, could, you could do okay with this five. Yeah, this, this was a good five. The Gallerist played it. And number 56, one of my favorite games of all time, La Havre from 2008, and have definitely played that one. Absolutely. So that was a, yeah, that was a solid five right there. Yeah, number 55 is The Seventh Continent. Have you ever played this game? I have not. This is like, this was really hard to get for a long time, right? Like it sold out really quickly. Yeah, it was really expensive. It's like one of those games, it's like a story. So you're, I think you're able to leave the cards set up in a certain way in the box. So you can like, yeah, it's like a save game kind of inherently built. Yeah, into it. And so and it's, I think it's a game that like never technically ends. So like, it's kind of fun to like figure out the whole thing or something. I, I don't know. This is the kind of game I would only play with my family and I don't know that my family would ever pick to play this over some of the other, you know, Gloomhaven or something like that. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's it's cool. I mean, I'm sure people like it. This this is an interesting exercise in identifying what we don't like in games. And this is the category of games to a T that we just kind of don't like. Co-op-y, so, weird, kickstarty, came out in 2016, <laughs> 2017. No, thanks. So a little side note here. We have been trying literally since the moguls started. Every once in a while, the idea comes up that we're going to do like top 10 games that we hate. And it always digresses into us slamming on each other's games. And then we decide not to do it because it's just too mean. And this is a way we can rip on games without ripping on each other's games. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely fair. <sighs> Number 54 is Star Wars Imperial Assault. I have played this game. This is the game I was referencing earlier that the Lord of the Rings was a, a modified version of. Have you played this one? Hard no. Really? It's just Descent. It's the same. It's fine. Kirk liked it for a while and it was pretty fun, but it's just, it's not super balanced. So these games, the person has to either be a DM and not necessarily play the game at certain points in time. Um, it should have the most fun or else it just gets a little petty. Number 53 is On Mars, Vitala Serta. You had it, but sold it? No, I've never owned this one and never played it. And uh, actually, I kind of, I, uh, I'm conflicted on this one. Like, uh, the theme looks great. It, it looks awesome. It's beautiful. I love the big Eagle Griffin publishing box. But it's like maybe the heaviest Lacerda. And I don't know who I'd ever play this with. Yeah, it looks great. I've seen it set up. It looks absolutely yeah. gorgeous. But 
I have like less than zero interest playing this game. I this would be a lot of social capital to have me play this game, and I'll happily do it. But just just know you're you're draining that draining that bucket, the reserve, and it's going to be running dry. Um, number fifty two is Mechs versus Minions. This was that League of Legends getting into a game, right? Yeah, ridiculously overproduced. Yeah, and everybody loves it for that. Just because uh, Frick Dolphins, man, we just want to keep on producing as much plastic as humanly possible, <laughs> and just clog the freaking <laughs> oceans up because we can have little toys i have played this you have is it good <laughs> i have it, it actually is it's it's straight it's a programming game actually right it's like a set it up and see what happens kind of goofy because certain things will happen and you'll run into something and you'll feel yeah. kind of silly right yeah it, it's amusing you know it's kind of one of those there's only like seven missions in the thing and then you complete it so i don't know you know i don't know that there's a ton of content there it could probably deal with oh, some expansions and i'm sure maybe there's some there has to be or, you know, uh, third party stuff that people have whipped up from that. But it's it's amazing. I mean, like you open the box and oof. no expansions. <laughs> yeah, that giant freaking box. It doesn't have that much content in it and a bunch of plastic. Love it. Love this hobby. Love it. <laughs> Number 51 is one that we both played a bunch and love quite a bit. Clans of Caledonia. Indeed. Number 50. Speaking of a crazy amount of plastic. Uh wow. This Play- was the first game to get a million dollars on Kickstarter, I want to say. It was, and you know, and right? took years to deliver and came in like shipping crates. <laughs> this is just Dark Souls, right? I couldn't tell you. I actually know nothing about this game other than it's a room full of plastic. Uh yeah, you, and you, a theme I'm not interested in. Yeah, you like awaken in some like realm and then you like are survivors and you like upgrade your minis over time. Um, yeah. And you like physically change their arms and stuff depending on what you get. And you like do these levels. I didn't know. I didn't like these at this point in time. So like I researched it a decent amount. I ended up not pulling the trigger, thankfully. But uh, it looks sweet. It looks like Dark Souls has that kind of same aesthetic. It's like a thousand dollars to get all, you know, north of a thousand dollars to get everything, isn't it? I mean, it like, was. I, I don't know how much it cost to just get into it, but it was just it, it, it's just ridiculous. Play video games, man. There's so much more value. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, w- I will say the sculpts are beautiful. I mean, yeah. it, like you look at the amount of effort that was just in ma- done making those sculpts is insane. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, we're everything we talk about here is as board gamers. Um, I used to paint minis and I totally get it. That's a different hobby. If you're buying minis to paint them and like that's a hobby you do, just know that I'm not making fun of you. That's a different thing. I actually love painting miniatures. I, I think it, I think it's great. I just I, I'm sad because I hate playing miniatures games, but I love painting miniatures. So right. And what, what uh, in a generous way, what do you think the percentage of people that play Maybe not this one because you actually do have to build the minis. But most games with minis, what do you think the percentage of that actually paint oh, them? Not, not high. Fractions I mean, of a percent? Like, and like I, look a at, I look at whenever I bring a game that has painted minis in it and everybody just goes, ooh, yeah. can we play your copy instead of mine because mine aren't painted? Mm-hmm. Whereas pro tip for all you people, literally just buy some wash and wash your minis. They'll look a hundred times better at like almost no effort. Yep. A little base spray paint too can go a long way is easiest thing to do in the world and it takes seconds to wash a mini and it looks a a whole bunch better Mm -hmm. Uh, wash is like a uh, very thin stain that kind of accumulates in the cracks and brings out the detail of a mini yep okay number 49 power grid definitely played that one yeah 48 i have never played not for lack of trying with some people it's came to a bunch of our game nights and i've never played it it's uh zolkin the mayan calendar so do you own this game I do not, but my buddy JJ does. 
It's Simone Luciani and Danielle Tashini, by the way. I'm sure I'd probably like it. I bet you we would. It's been one of those games that's been out for forever. I've always wanted to try it. I've never bought it because, like, I don't know. It just, it just never caught my fancy. But I'd like to try it. I'd really like to try it. Yeah, the super cool Mayan, like, you know, world ending in 2012 Mayan clock rotating wheel thing. Yeah. Is a really unique and nifty mechanism. Yeah, it's it seems super cool. 47 is a game that... Uh, Man, I wanted really bad before it came out. Then everybody got it and said it's super heavy and long and then never bothered to bring it out and play it. And then I sort of forgot about it. It's Anachrony from 2017. I know you've played this one. You owned it, didn't you? Well, because in a little bit of Mogul's lore, this is the first game I ever kickstarted. Aha. Fun little lore for everybody at home. Ooh, fun. Learn something. You- yeah, I kickstarted this game. It was fine. It's it, it It's... Not as heavy as you'd think. I think a lot of reviewers said it was heavy. But for like us, this was more medium weight than you'd think. My issue was there was so much content in the box with like expansions and stuff. And I didn't know what was what. And it was kind of annoying to like filter all of that out. Um, And then I actually ended up buying an insert for it and then just selling the whole game. Because like it's not that heavy, but it also didn't have the love that I needed to play it. So whatever. Sure. It's a fine game though. Like I would absolutely play this again. It's, It's totally fine. Cool concept with the, uh, you know, time as a resource and yeah, basically giving, but it, ultimately it's, it's giving loans. yourself loans. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just loans. It's just loans you have to pay off in the future, but. Cool. Uh, number 46, PAX Premier, second edition. Played it. Played it a bunch. Number 45 is Underwater Cities. We played it. Played it. Yeah, played it a bunch. Um, 44, The Crew, Quest for Planet Nine. We've both played it. I played just it. got a copy of that the other day. Pretty excited. Number 43, Mansions of Madness, second edition. I have played it. Have not played it. Mm-hmm. You boys not so much into Euro trash. Having said that, I bet I'd have a fun time with the right group of people. Yeah, that's I would say if I were going to get a really story. What's the Halloween game? The it's set in like the D&D world that everyone plays around Halloween. Um, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Sure. If I were to get a game like that, I would get this one. Um, sure. And I wouldn't play it that often, but I'd have the like little setup and it'd be like, it's almost like not a board game. It's like something else, but it's also on Amazon or sorry, me. I'm not going to say Amazon, the big A for 90 bucks. That's a lot of money for what that'd be for me. You know, <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. I hung out next to a group playing it for several hours and I was kind of surprised like that it, it. went it on for fun. several hours, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. It, it works well, but just, just not necessarily kind of the, the vibe we like to live in. Pandec- Pandemic Legacy Season 2. We I played Season 1. You didn't like Season 1, and we're not going to do anything else beyond that. Um, and then finally, Barrage, the 2019 classic that we both have played and quite like. Love it. Number 40. There's a trend here, Jake, and it tends to be, did the game come out in 2019 or 2020? Maracaibo? Nope. <laughs> haven't, haven't played it. Came out in 2019. This is probably one of the games that we should play, though. Like, if you were to look at the top 20 yeah. games that we probably were the top 100 games that we probably would like, Mirakai would probably be one of them. There's two words that tell me that we should probably try this. Alexander Fister. <laughs> Those would be the two words. Here it is. <laughs> I don't think it holds a candle to, like, Great Western Trail, but I think people said it was pretty good. So, it we, we just did also have people buying it, so. Yeah. One of us taking the risk on it and on currently for sale at $75, which is a lot of money. Maracaibo. Yeah, given it a Fister game, I would just try it just straight up just from that perspective. Right. Don't think I know anybody that owns it off the tip of my head, but eh, you never know. But yes, I would certainly give that a try. Totally. 39. Agricola, 
Ah, it's a shame this is all the way down at 39, Jake. Although I guess 39 is pretty high. Uh, the original version from 2007, definitely played it. 38, Too Many Bones from 2017, have not played it. Have not played it. It's a local Minnesota company, but this is, I think, supposed to be like a MOBA. So like Dota or League of Legends. I don't like those games, but I have friends that do, I guess. Um, those are video yeah. games. I mean, there's always like been a category of game where they're like trying to make that style game into something. But it's got a lot of stuff in this game. Like they're, they're chip theory games known for making like really interesting productions like mouse pad material yep for like player mats and a bunch of dice and all that stuff but whatever i do know um a couple of my gaming friends jason gray i'm gonna give a shout out to him um i believe he was telling me he's been playing that a bunch recently and also my friend jj like owns everything they've ever produced yeah (laughs) so he's got the whole people and and, and loves it talk about it a lot they they like it i think he's uh the owner of the company too is a uh, high school friend of mine's brother-in-law too. Kind of a little fun connection there. Yep. Number 37, Marvel Champions, the card game. <laughs> what year did it come out? 2019. That's why we haven't played it. But and Marvel also, and card game, LCG. And LCG, yeah, and whatever. <laughs> we're not... We're not into that kind of stuff. Doesn't doesn't get us out of bed. This is incredibly low on my list of things to try. <laughs> yeah. This might be the number one stinker for me. Just no thanks. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Number 36, Blood Rage. Ragnarok has come. Secure your place in Valhalla. I haven't played it. You have never played Blood Rage? It's a dudes on the map game, dude. It's like, it's actually, yeah, it is that, but it's pretty good. I would say if this game was released in like 2013 with wooden bits, which it totally could do. It totally could do. It could be two different sculpts or three different sculpts for every team um, with most of them being one with two special characters. It could totally work. I got rid of it just because it was too much for what it was. But as a game, it was much better than like it as an object that I owned, if that makes sense. Sure. A lot of people really love this one, you know, and it's, if you... it's the best of that garbage, it, it made all of that garbage happen, which is yep. good and bad. Right. I've also heard some. Uh, is, is this one? Is this one like uh, unbalanced somehow or kind of, you know? Well, there's so many factions that like I'm sure at a certain point they're not as balanced as they used to be, but who knows yeah i've heard there's some brokenness around the gameplay but i could be wrong on that one absolutely moving on to number 35 we have caverna the cave farmers we have played this one a bunch 10 plays for me absolutely i have have seven recorded but i probably have 20 in total um didn't record plays all the time number 34 is puerto rico have you played this one lots yeah, me been, too. Been a, been a long time at this point. Yeah, I sold my copy. I had originally planned to buy the Deluxified version or whatever. I think there was like a fancy version that got released. And I just never did it. But it's it's a good game. I would totally play it again. Don't love the theme. <laughs> Don't love... Speaking of broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So number 33 is Food Chain Magnet. If we played a bunch. Yep, played. And then number 32 is Eclipse, A Second Dawn for the, the Galaxy. Is this a new edition or is this a totally new game? It is. Uh, it is just a new edition. It is not a totally new game. No way. Board game geek people, what are you doing, guys? Why do we have to make it a whole new listing in board game geek? Because I have not played this version, but I've absolutely played Eclipse. Do you think that counts? Um. Yes, I would say that you have played this one. I mean, yeah. there are tweaks, there are differences, um, but if I didn't remind you of what the differences were, you would not ever notice them. Interesting. Now, having said that, did they do a really good job at updating the user interface on the game? Yes, it's amazing. A hundred percent. If you're into Eclipse, this is the one to own, but it is not a different game in any way, shape or form. Got it. 
Number 31 is a 2020 release, which I don't believe you've played. Lost nope. Ruins of Arnak. Nope. I've heard lots and lots and lots of buzz about it. And every time a podcast talks about it, I skip over it because I've never played it and don't know anything about I it. I don't even know what kind of <laughs> game this is. All right. Let's let's uh, we committed to look these things up when we legitimately didn't know what we're talking it. about. So the Lost Ruins of Arnak combines deck building and worker placement in a game of exploration, research management and discovery. The additional traditional deck builder effects cards can also be used to place workers and new worker actions become available as players explore the island. Some of these actions require resources instead of workers, so building a solid resource base will be essential. You are limited to only one action per turn, so make your choice carefully. What action will benefit me most now? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so it's like a worker placement-y, but also deck building game. So, okay, that's cool. It's made by light, CGE. They've done some good games. Light, light-ish, 2.86. I mean, that's not crazy yeah. light. Yeah, but also resources, but it's got a board, you know? I wonder if this game is like... One of those games that kind of feels like Great Western Trail. Yeah, yeah. Some stuff, but maybe a lighter version of it. Like, no way I'm buying this, but I'd play this. Yeah, Somebody totally. Play this too. Really like, hey, let's try this. Uh, sure. Yeah, totally. Completely agree. Don't know the designer at all, but CGE, I don't know that I've ever played a CGE game I didn't like. Yeah, it looks like one of those games that's not super long. Decent, newish midway Euro, which you can also say is a pile of midway Euros on a pile of midway Euros. Sure, but if somebody really wanted to play this, I don't know. It looks charming. All right, probably, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. You swung me over. Number 30 in a game I'm probably not in. <laughs> Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. Gross. No, you know, regular Clank is fine. My friends, for whatever reason, played the absolute crap of that out of that game on Tabletop Simulator, and so I'm just done with it. I've never played a game so much that I just can't even stand the sight of it, and that's the game. I'm done yeah. with it. It's awful. It's fine. I don't need to play more fine. No, it's a legacy game, though, which that was a thing for a while. That's kind of fun. Remember mm, legacy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a time. 2018. Wow. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Okay. 29. Tw- <laughs> this was on my list of my want list for a long time till, till I realized I don't really like this kind of game. But Mage Knight, the board game. Yep. I played it. I owned it. I don't know. I mean, does this one play like okay solo? Is that am I remembering? Yeah, it's that? a good solo game. It's a really good solo okay. game. It's a deck builder technically. Well, You're like different mage knights, I guess. There, it's like a thing. It's like an IP. I don't know what it's from, but people do it, and you like do stuff. You like use the spells and the cards and all that stuff, and it's like pretty crunchy, but people really like it. It's existed for forever, and it's a great solo game. And some people like it as like a small player Gloomhaven style game. It's kind of Gloomhaven before Gloomhaven. I am going to throw one hard WTF at this one, though, at the Board Game Geek listing. Yep. Wait, 4.33 out of 5. It's that. Really? Yeah, it's it's beefy, dude. It is a beefy okay. game. Okay. It, right. it is three or four rule books, most of them like 60 pages. Huh. All it right. Is, like, is, I was like, it come is on. Hefty. It is come heft. on. It is heft. And I think it's it's the heaviest game in this category of games. Sure. If that makes sense. Well, OK, being that it plays solo and it's kind of heavy, uh, you know, maybe it's beefy, man. It's got some stuff going on in the right mindset, in the right scenario. Sure. I'd give it a whirl. Right. Twenty eight Everdell for when you want a big unnecessary cardboard tree in the middle of your uh, dining room table. <laughs> I haven't played it. I haven't either. I've seen it played. I've heard it's fine, like pretty good. Because uh, Kirk's all about this game. Yeah, I mean, it's I it's a game that I'm not phobic of. I would absolutely try. It's just something I didn't buy and have no real opinions on it. Besides, it looks kind of cutesy, and that's fine. 
Yeah, it kind of fits into that broad uh, nothing nothing for but nothing against either. Yeah, it's just it's it's a midweight euro that seems somewhat unassuming and as people really like it. I mean, it's 28th. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, I remember that Gen Con, uh, that that whole tree thing was all over the place that year. <laughs> Everybody was all into that one. Yes, sir. Which is great if you're not on that side of the tree. <laughs> Number 27, Orleans from 2014. Uh, yes. Yee. Number 26, Root. Yes. I just sold my copy of this game, weirdly enough. Kind of felt yeah. bad about it, but I, it's just one of those games. When am I going to play without you? It holds a decent used market. Don't know why. I don't know. Felt a little bad about it, but now that it's gone, I don't really feel anything about it. So, sure. Number twenty-five is a game we've played a bunch. Viticulture Essential Edition. Yep, you like that one a bit. Arkham mm-hmm. Horror, the card game. Have you played this game? Never. I have. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's a bag builder LCG card game that has like adventures, and you like build a deck. Actually, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty sweet game. I got it, played it a couple of times. It was a good way to pass the time, but I learned something about myself during a pandemic where I wasn't really allowed to go outside of the house. You would think that I had this lovely collection of solo games. I'm going to play all of them all the time. No, not at all. So no need for that kind of game. I have like my one that I really love and I don't need any of the rest of them. So almost nightly, my family will all be in bed and I'm like, oh, I really want to play a game. I should do a solo game. Uh, it seems like a lot of work to haul a box out and put it up all over the table just to play a game by myself. Yeah. I'll go play a computer game instead. I Yeah, I'm the same boat. And then I also I do have the coffee roaster game and I play the game a decent amount. I like that one a lot. But mainly it's just an exercise of coffee adoration. It's not necessarily a love of game game <laughs> right. adoration. On a final note on Arkham yeah. Horror, the card game, I am automatically probably not interested in playing anything that utilizes the Lovecraft IP. Yeah. Blanket statement, game designers, done with it. No more, no more Lovecraft. Not yep. interested. Anybody can use it, right? That's why it got so prolific for a while, right? Right. It's like free. It's like in whatever the public owns it or whatever. So no royalties. So it makes sense why people were doing it. But yeah, there was a while where I was doing it. It's just a bummer because this is probably the best iteration of that. And if only this existed, it'd be like, wow, that's so cool. What a cool theme. And honestly, if this had a different theme, I would have been a thousand times more interested in looking into it and trying. What it. about but Marvel, man? I just I heard. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's a toss up. Star Wars, Marvel or Arkham. Any one of those three themes. And I just go so blind fantasy and flight games. Got it. Cool. <laughs> cool. cool. Well, shots did I, fired. Did, did we go there directly? <laughs> oh, whatever. It's fine. Connect two and two. So why did you move your game night on Wednesday night away from Game Center? Well, fortunately, Fantasy Flight doesn't own them anymore, so they can't kick us out. Perfect. (laughs) Wonderful. So number 23 is Wingspan, which we've played a good amount. I think it's fine. It's an okay little game. Feast for Odin we've played. I only have one recorded play of this game. That's amazing. I have 12. A couple of years ago, I think three or four years ago. You've played more than that. No, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Three or four years ago, I finally decided to log every play, not just plays of my own game. And before that, I would just log plays once to like review them or whatever um, on Board Game Geek. Stupid phase. And then I went a couple of years where I like was only recording plays of my games that I own. But um, yeah, I think three or four years ago, I finally recorded every single play. So that explains that. Yep. (laughs) And then finally, for the 20s, 21 is Terra Mystica, which I have played once. I have played and I've been trying to get this played again lately. Like I recently acquired a copy of it and i've been trying to talk people into playing it it's just hard i find the whole terraforming and unterraforming thing frustrating because it's absent in gaia 
Sure. Um, and not saying it's bad, but just like, oh, I have a shovel. I'll waste it on making Mark's day annoying. And it just slightly bugs me. And I'm like, why don't we just play guy? So. Sure. Number 20, a very favorite game of mine. Brass Lancashire. Definitely played that one. Me too. Surprisingly. 19, Concordia. <laughs> Jake, you ever played Concordia? Once or twice. I've, I've, I've heard of it. Seen <laughs> it on the shelf. Heard of it? Yes, we've played that one. Yeah. 18, Seven Wonders Duel. Definitely played that about a half a yes, dozen sir. times. 17. Okay, here we go. What the heck? Oh, this has been super popular. I've heard a ton of people talk about this, and I have zero interest in playing it. Nemesis from 2018. What, man? Like, what? I am... Number 17, Jake. Uh, what? So this is like an, an Ameritrash, like, uh, disaster yeah, on a spaceship, like, aliens invading. Yeah, and you invading. have to, like, do it. The What? How is it number 17? Semi-cooperative. Semi, not, not just cooperative, Jake. Oh, Semi-cooperative. They love that. They love that. Oh, somebody's a betrayer. Who knows who's going to be the alien? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Is there a lot of stuff in that box? Oh. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know what it is, but this. Ooh, boy, this, there's a lot of stuff in that box. This hobby hates turtles. We just hate any sort of aquatic life. We just want to make as much <laughs> plastic and just shove it down their throats. So. Microplastics, baby. Everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, well, good, I, good for them. They have their game. This is the this is the like ultimate take of that game, obviously, by the placement, right? It and is, I have never heard a bad word about this game from people that like this type of game. So yeah, if this correct. is your thing, I'm not ripping on you. I'm not ripping on this game other than saying that, wow, this is one that is super not for me, but it's all the way up to number 17. So people that like this type of game obviously really, really, really like this game. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just... I. I'm happy we did this. I feel more detached from the from the board game community than I thought with this one and the next one. I didn't even know this other game existed. Well, in 164.99 for new copies right now on your major uh, online retailers. Jeez. There is a lot of stuff in the box, but whew. Yikes. Yeah. And number 16, number 16, I had the opportunity to play as early as last Friday night and you play just, this? Uh, no, I did not. I just don't oh, want to. Opportunity. I just don't want to. I don't know. I'm not interested in the IP. I look at all the asymmetric stuff, and I don't know. It leaves me with a bad taste every time I look well, into is, whether I should play it or not. This is different than the original Dune, to clarify. This is a different game. Okay. Number 16 is Dune Imperium. This is like, a, but it's a re-implementation of no, the original game, No, it's absolutely new. It? It's a totally new game. Okay, so I actually don't know anything about the original game, and I, I, I'm going. I off owned of the original '70s game for a brief moment, but this is not that. It is a completely different game. Yeah, hidden deck building data, hidden information angle to traditional worker placement. Yeah, it's 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 a it's its own thing. No, yeah, this is this is definitely the game I've looked into a number of times right. and went, mm, nope. <laughs> yeah, because the original Dune '70s game is the one that got reprinted, I think, in 2017 or 2018, maybe in 2019. I don't know. Around then, and I bought a copy of that. Gale Force Nine produced it. Looks really good. The it looks just a gorgeous game. I actually think it looks a lot better than Dune Imperium. But I mean, I don't know. This is just not the kind of game. And I love Dune. Dune's one of my favorite IPs right now. So I don't know. Not trying yeah. to be mean, but whatever. Well, and yeah, to uh, absolutely to be fair, I know absolutely nothing about the Dune IP. Uh, I've kind of avoided it because I don't know. I just sort of perceive it to be a lot, a lot of jargon, a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's from like the 60s where they just thought if you put it in jargon, it'll seem sci-fi. For sure. So mm -hmm. I may say I've actively avoided playing this game. Mm. I would try and it. I might I, be wrong. I might be wrong. 
I would try it. It's just, uh, I'm not pursuing games, but if someone were to pull it out and be like, yeah, I want to do this. Or if someone even brought it, I might say, well, what's that game about? And have a dialogue. And if they like it and says some things, maybe it'd be interesting. Now we're heading into this, the gap that we've played a bunch. Um, yeah, we're probably going to have less to say about these, but <laughs> I know. 15 is the castles of Burgundy played that. Uh, sure 14 scythe. Yeah, played, played that, that. One. 13 twilight struggle played that. And number 12, great Western trail also played that. Here's the one I haven't played. Spirit Island from 2017. Have you played this game? I have not, and I have no desire. I don't either. I might play this under the right circumstance, but we played this adjacent once at a board game night. Yes. And I believe we played a whole host of games. Um, handful. <laughs> we, yes, we played three. Or, we played a couple three games in the amount of time it took them to play this once. I believe that they play. I don't even think they finished. And that is number 11, Spirit Island, 2017. Yeah, that is a, uh, it's a co-op God, we, game that we prevents quarterbacking. We do hate co-ops. We just, you can just <laughs> tell, you can just tell every single game on here that is either like socially deduction-y, theme or co-op. We're just like, meh, whatever. <laughs> yep. Number 10, War of the Rings, second edition. Nope. Haven't played that one either. I haven't, but I'd like to just because it's it's that same thing that's been on the board game geek top XYZ for so long that it's neat that it exists and it seems to be somewhat new or, or hasn't been implemented well in other games. It's like a one versus one async or not async um, asymmetrical war game, but also super approachable theme. It's number one on the board game geek list of war games. That'll do it. Weight of 4.18, so 150 it's to 180 no minutes. I mean, this is, a, this, this is a big boy. No slouch. It's a cool game. I would try this one, but it. I mean, when would we play this? I mean, this would be some sort of either con game or someone says, oh, dude, I got this game. You want to try it sometime? Yeah, I'll try it. That sounds cool. Uh, this, this this is a not for me. If I'm, if I'm sitting down to yeah, play a war game with one other person for several hours, it's Twilight Struggle 10 times out of 10. Gotcha. All right. Number nine, Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization. Well, um, I'm not sure which one is actually the app. I mean, I've played the app version of this game, either the old one or the new one. I don't know which one, but I've played the app version of it once. And, you know, this is a game that I'm pretty sure I would love if I deep dove into it. But, you know, what can we say about it that we didn't say when we hit this the first time in the list? Yep, I've played it. But I guess I'm breaking the rules. Who knows if I've actually played it? I played one of these two. I don't know which one. <laughs> uh star wars rebellion played it how is this number eight like to be fair it's gone down (laughs) it used to be higher it was like number four for a really long time who's who's standing for this game it's star wars the game jake it's star wars in a box I, i hate this game this game sucks it is Star Wars in a box, Jake. How can you say that? Well, I guess I hate I guess I hate Star Wars. I don't I played this game a couple of times and I was always playing as the Rebels and my perception as the Rebels is it is unfun. That is 100% true. You are just waiting there and 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 hoping you're not found and then if you get found you like just try to throw everything you can at them and find a new base and you're just sweating and the empire's like doing the Grand Moff Tarkin voices and having a good time. And it's just, it's not the same. And once you start getting discovered, it's just, then it, then it's about an hour long slog till they actually beat you. I mean, right. Cause I've been storing up X-Wings the entire time. Right. So once you get found, the clock is ticking. You might as well just, uh, you might as well just fold at that point and set up and play something fun. Call it a night. And the box is huge too. It is. Number seven, Gaia Project. Played Love it. Love this one. Love it. Number six, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion from 2020. Have not played this. I own it. 
John was nice enough to give me a copy. Um, it is on my shelf of shame. I'd like to try it just to see how different it is from regular Gloomhaven. My guess is not very much, but... It's somewhat simplified, though, right? I mean, simpler setup. I don't know if it's simplified in setup and like campaign or if it's simplified in actually gameplay, but I should look into it. It's just been sitting on the shelf. This is not the kind of game that we like a lot. I just don't really have a way to play it. I just don't think Anna would like this over like if we were to do something, we do the Harry Potter game. So, right. Number five is Twilight Imperium. So we talked about this a bit before, but I still think it's interesting. This game has existed. This is like probably a Mount Rushmore game for the hobby, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yep. It's existed for frickin' forever, Twilight Imperium in some some category. It's held this kind of like mythic status for forever of like being this big con game or something you play forever. It's that, it's Risk from that Seinfeld episode. Where, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Where, where Jerry's playing it, no, not Jerry, um, Kramer's playing it against that guy um, who says the, the Ukraine on like the train and stuff. It takes forever and it's fun and people really like it, but I just haven't been presented an opportunity to do it. I've signed up for it at a handful of conventions, but I've just never gone through with it. Yeah, well, and I guess if I'm going to play this game, uh, I would pick to play the fourth edition over the third edition. I have I have no opinion on the thing. I think it's because it's got to be improved, right? Maybe it's got to be improved. It's fourth. Four is bigger than three. Four is bigger than three. And they, and apparently it's different enough that they could put both of them on the top hundred. Absolutely. So that is number five, Twilight Imperium. Number four is the best game ever made that Mark loves, Terraforming Mars. <laughs> I've played it. You have played it. Just a little beef with this game. The description of this is compete with rival CEOs to make Mars habitable and build your corporate empire. I thought thematically, like each round is a generation. Do we live forever in this game? Are we Mm. just like time does not pass us? Are we just the Laconian general guy? (laughs) Do we like what? What yeah, is going on? That's a good um, point. If you're the, if you're a CEO, you last for an awfully long time. Is it 007 situation where we are just passing through multiple different um, people? We're a brain in a jar. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So um, number three is Brass Birmingham, which we've played a bunch. Number two is Pandemic Legacy. I finished mine the first season one, and you've played it a, what, five times? A handful of times. Somebody wants a copy that's been played up through March. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Do it this year. It's March now. It's yours. And then number one, Gloomhaven. We've played. We've played. We've played a lot. I've played more than you have, but uh, we played a lot. I've played some. So I, I don't know. May, may, maybe I shouldn't feel as bad about this. My sadness is there's not one like train liaison aside from Russian railroads. You know, there's not Chicago Express. There's not, no, Irish Gage. There's not even something, some more recent publication just sneaking in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and so I just feel, I feel, I feel detached. I feel like I'm not even part of this community. Jake, you can wallow in your hipsterness that you're still there before it was cool. There it is. There it is. <laughs> your hipsterness is preserved. There we go. So, all right. Just gut feels out of the top 100. Okay. I think we ripped on stuff enough. So we'll skip the ones that we absolutely wouldn't play. But give me three out of that list that you look back and go, hey, I would like to try X, Y, and Z. So very few of them I'd buy. But I would try Maracaibo. That's probably number one for the list. Solkin Mind Calendar, probably number two. And number three... Probably would have to be that Russian Railroads, just to see what it's about. I mean, it's done by Lonnie. It could be sweet. Who knows? What about you? I'm going uh, Voyages of Marco Polo. Yep. That seems uh, like you. I'm going Maracaibo, and I'm going Russian Railroads. We have a similar taste. Friends of the Moguls, your mission is clear. Although, maybe give us a heads up that you would like to play that with us rather than just showing up one night and go, hey, it's Russian <laughs> Railroad Night. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we, we do like to be warned. I guess I have a question for you. Let's let's kind of view what the 
board game geek top 100 is kind of viewed like in the community and this is just this is me spitballing if this is incorrect i'm sorry but kind of how i viewed it i've always viewed it as kind of like a snapshot on like if you were to like write an anthology about board games you could play the top 100 and be like okay i kind of get what games are about do you feel like the top 100 is one representative of gaming large and two is it good examples of gaming large hmm Okay, so first thought, is it representative of gaming large? No, absolutely not. There's massive swaths which are not represented at all. And there's so many doubles up here. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, like train games. Okay, Russian Railroad. I, I don't know that I would even consider Russian Railroad to be a train game, right? No. And I, yeah, I get but, it. Train games are niche but it's not representative. There's, you know, there's, a, is there a financial game in that top 100? I mean, Power Grid. Yeah, Power Grid, and then maybe, um, what's his face, the Clint Caledonia P. You know, it's, yeah, it just, I feel like the Board Game Geek Top 100 is a lot of heavy-ish games that have been released and had a lot of hype around them. So, for example, like Spirit Island kind of falls into that, Nemesis falls into that. You know, games that came with a lot of stuff that people really wanted to use and played a lot. There's obviously the hot new releases that's like Wingspan, where a game just rockets up there, you know, Root, Everdell, that are good games, but kind of just they fill in for good games that were released now. Oh, Food Chain Magnet. Food Chain Magnet's more financial. I just didn't see that one. But And they were released, you know, some of these games were released at a time where like, I mean, uh, Board Game Geek has been on a peak over the past several years. So a game that comes out within the past couple of years is going to automatically be playing on easy mode to get to the top 100 yeah. versus a game that was released 20 years ago or something like right. that. Because there was just so many fewer people playing. Right. But then there's also the games that are, are really good and have stood the test of time that have always kind of been on here. That's like Agricola, you know, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico was up there for forever. Those kind of games. Castles of Burgundy is still 15. Those games exist. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're to play the top 100, I don't know if that'd be a good swath of gaming and like you could really get a feel for enough genres. Yeah, there's significant repetition in here. Like I love me a midweight euro. No two ways about it. But out of the top 100, are 65 of them midway euros? 50 of them? I mean, right. at a certain level, some of these are the same game. Well, then how are there so few filler games? We remove them from our judgment, but I rank filler games, nines and tens, all the time. Yeah. You know? And how is there yeah. not the cruise, really? And maybe Azul is maybe a filler game. And filler game's not a good term, but... Well, and, and to crypto. Yeah, the to crypto, crypto The too, fact that a party game cracked the top 100 is... is that is, says something, but... It says something, yeah. and, and Codenames is not in the top 100. I used to be, I believe. I think it'd probably be in like 110. Right. But uh, patchwork. Patchwork too. That'll do it. So there's a few. It definitely skews heavier than I think you'd need to to get a good representation of what games are, right? Yeah. Yeah, Codenames is one of two. It's right there. It's right at the next the next thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's always that conversation, too, that what BGG likes. And I think it likes heavier games that have been released relatively recently and have some sort of financial investment in it. So people feel some guilt to play it, maybe. I think that's it. And I, like I look at number 50, Kingdom Death Monster, and I'm I'm not like I haven't played the game. I don't know anything about it. But how many people out there really own and have objectively played a game that costs over a thousand dollars and takes up, you know, a closet like really? Right. That's the 50th best game of all time. How right. many people have actually played this game? Right. I mean, on Mars is the same thing. Like many people have really well, yeah. played that game enough right, right it's a heavy heavy game how many people own it how many people have played it like it's both heavy and expensive and takes a lot of time and it's released during the middle of pandemic like 
what? Like, seriously? It's number 53. Compare this to, like, what did we play on Wednesday? We played St. Petersburg and Res Arcana. Which, okay, let's, uh, St. Petersburg, where is that one clocking in at? I yeah, I'm going to guess you. 300s. St. Petersburg, uh, 2004 Ooh. version of it, clocks in at number 336. Good guess. <laughs> Res Arcana will be in the, Res, Res might be pretty low, I don't know. It is number 121. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It's a a good game. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just, I I feel like there's certain categories of games that are just super overrepresented on this list. Yeah, yeah. Which you can find BGG's bias, which is fine. That's fair. Everything has to have a bias. It's good to acknowledge it. I think super long, super epic games are highly overrated in the the top 100 list. Yeah. I mean, intrinsically, because it's the same thing. Like, we always talk about this conversation. It's kind of reoccurring. But if I could, I'd always play like 1817 because it's like, I wish I could play that game because I can't do it. But if I were to get to a point where I actually have the opportunity to play whatever game I want all the time, do you think I'm always going to be reaching for on Mars? Probably not. Or whatever equivalent, eighteen seventeen. It's a lot. The answer. I mean, like, is uh, you know, what what's what's better food? Is it a really perfectly done wood fired pizza, or is it foie gras and with you know fennel reduction or something like that? I mean, yeah. sure, one is something you don't eat very often. One is a more special occasion kind of thing that has more cook. You know, somebody burned a little more calories making it, but it's not something you're, you're gonna want eat every day or want to eat every day probably. Totally. Where maybe the really perfectly done pizza has more utility or taco, you know, the best taco you've ever had that, you know, you could eat a taco every day if you had to. Totally. What's your least favorite game in the top XYZ? Uh, Least favorite game in the top XYZ. So out of the top hundred, my lowest rated game is Rising Sun. Yeah, that's probably fair. My lowest. I did not like that game at all. My lowest is... Star Wars Rebellion, these are all the same number of a three I awarded on Board Game Geek. Lisboa, which probably could be higher, but I don't know. I have some emotions with that game. Clank a Deck Building Adventure and Dominant Species. Those are the ones I don't love on the list. My lowest rated ones in the top 100 besides uh, besides Rising Sun, I rated Rising Sun a three. I've got Tigers and Euphrates at, at a four. Okay, back up, everybody. I already said it's a great game. You should be lower. Move it down. It's it's how frequently you want to play it. And if you never want to play, you should give it a one. Because that's I, that is true. Actually, to be fair, I would give it a whirl again because it's okay. been so long. Fair, and my, my fair, tastes fair have point. changed. And I do recognize that it's good. It's kind of like like you, you taste scotch when you're 21 and you think it's jet fuel. And then you taste it again at 50 and you kind of go, hey, hey, it's pretty good. Mm, well, it's because your taste buds broke. You no longer have all that good taste that you had when you were young. Yeah, so that may be a factor here. So those are the only really ones in the top 100 that I've got rated below a five. Gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I always like BGG. It's really upheld on a lot of forums and like Reddit talks about it all the time. And there's been data science that has done it. It's, a, it's interesting to talk about, but I think we're kind of going past it. I think there was a time where it mattered a little bit more. 2017-ish when I came into the hobby. I was in it a little bit earlier, but when I was starting buying games like 2018, 2016-ish, I feel like it was kind of held up a little bit more of like, this is the Mount Rushmore, play these. Yeah, no, I remember, you know, frequently when I was getting into board gaming, like, oh, Puerto Rico, it's the number one game on Board Game Geek. And that really meant something, whereas I think we're going to have the same number one for the next decade. Yeah, <laughs> is, anybody, is anything kicking Gloomhaven out? I don't think so. No, it's, it's I mean, it's set up perfectly. It's It's both heavy. It's also thematic it's expensive long, it's expensive, and it's expensive it's, so you feel the epic nature to try to um like you feel like you have to accomplish something and so you should write wildly back. successful kickstarter 
that'll do it. So anyway, this was fun. I enjoyed doing this. Yeah, this was a good time. And, and again, um, I'm sure we offended a bunch of people just caught in the crossfire. It's not my first time this week. I took a swipe at Jake accidentally earlier this <laughs> week and <laughs> apologized profusely. Turns out we have different musical tastes. Who would have thought? <laughs> might be a couple decades of difference there that might have something to do with that one. But um, hey, if, if the games that we slagged on are your thing, that's great. Happy for you. This is strictly reflecting of our personal taste. Yeah. And we have biases that we don't like cooperatives. We don't. I don't like dudes on a map game. Yeah, but it's helpful. If you're a listener, it's good to know what people like. And quite honestly, we've done our top 20s, obviously, but we haven't done like a kind of macroscopic throw some games at us. What do we think about them? Just firing from the hip in a while. And quite honestly, it's, it can be super helpful just to know what we're into and know that we both have our tastes. I think you skew a little bit more towards euros than I do. You you have a soft spot for heavy euros in a way that I do not. I skew towards really fast games for whatever reason. Like that just makes me happy. And then I skew weirdly towards trains. So it's, it's good to know where we're at, where our biases are and kind of count how it is. So that's also another benefit of listening to this if people made it through the whole episode. <laughs> and I think it's funny. Uh, so DZ, Dennis, is our, our guy that puts together all the show notes. He's the, he's the infamous third mogul. Hi, Dennis. I think he just got a night off because he yeah. always said, if we change topics by the time he gets it looked up, then he doesn't include it. And I think we just did that a hundred times in a row. Yeah, there's, there's no way. There's no way we're going to do it. We're just going to. Sorry, no, no time stamps for this one. Um, we either completely hosed him or we gave him a night off. I'm not sure which, but absolutely. All right, well, this was fun. This was nice. Let's do it again sometime. I'm glad we did that. We had no idea how this was going to turn out. We just said, hey, let's hit play and roll. And honestly, I'm probably going to release this more or less unedited. I'll clean up a little bit of stuff, but you know, you're hearing some raw takes on this and you're not going to get that all the time. So super fun. Yay. Alrighty. Well, hey, next episode, I'm sure we'll be back with more games we played and other fun topics. But in the meantime, that was the top 100 games and what we haven't played and why not. And for the gaming moguls, I'm Mark. And I'm Jake. Good night, everybody. This has been the Gaming Moguls Podcast, co-hosted by Mark Teske and Jake Kloppenstein. Please find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Feel free to join our Board Game Geek Guild, guild number 3431. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Gaming Moguls or reach us via email jake at gamingmoguls.com or mark at gamingmoguls.com. If you like the Gaming Moguls podcast, please tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Bam, 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 bam.